0: well good evening good morning good afternoon how about let's just say it is a good day <laughs> it is another winning wednesday um, my name is anana pfeiffer daryl holm and i am glad that you are here for the real talk and of course the real solutions um my uh, name again is anana pfeiffer daryl Home, and i am the women and youth civility expert and what does that mean <laughs> what does that mean? That one is that one thing that I'm passionate about is bringing civility uh, with a focus on dealing with women and girls around the world. And I love this platform. I love this opportunity where I could come um, and share. Uh, one thing that we focus on is what I call the four C's. And in that it is civility, creativity, community, and climate change. So every week we come to you with different experts, um, different people, different perspectives on one of these uh, four C's, if you will, if not multiple ones. Um, but tonight I'm, I'm excited because if you all know that uh, this is the month of July and here in the United States, it is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. And with that, I, you know, I know on our first uh, episode of this month, we had Dr. Kathy Barton Brown, and she is a mental health expert, phenomenal, phenomenal woman of God. And she came to us as uh, on a clinical uh, side, as a clinician of someone who is currently in practice and, and treating, and she talked to us and gave us some amazing tips last week. So I'm excited because tonight I actually have a phenomenal woman that uh, it's not so much more of a clinical perspective, but she has more of a personal story um, dealing with mental health, being an African American woman, um, successful woman in that right. And I'm I'm just so happy that she could join me tonight and share her story, share her testimony, um, you know, and, and still the journey that she is on. So you know, this is what it's real talk. <laughs> But also we're offering some real solutions. So uh, we're going to talk about some maybe not so easy uh, topics that you um, usually may not speak about. Uh, You may not know people that are suffering from it outwardly and openly. Um, And as you'll see on the bottom of the screen, we do have the suicide prevention line. Uh, there because it happens more than what you can imagine. And here, here's some facts that I just wanted to share before we actually get into it, because, you know, again, it's, it's almost to me, I think when we talk about mental health and anxiety and depression, and there's, there's so many different various things that really encompass mental health, uh, the truth is the truth. <laughs> whether we talk about it, whether we wanna think about it, we wanna address it, here's the truth that one in five adults one in five adults experience mental health illness, mental illness, one in five. So that means one in five people in your family, one in five of your coworkers, and one in five of your church members, one in five of your sorority members, right? They are experiencing or have a family member or someone who is suffering from mental illness. All right so tonight is going to be a night but we're going to talk about it <laughs> we're going to address it and i hope you are free to do the same so you know what i say please like comment and share join us for this conversation right and let's make sure again because it's a, whatever the insight the nugget that you get can also be for someone else so make sure that you share uh tonight's broadcast as we move forward one other thing is that you know uh, of course, one of my passions is dealing with girls, right? And and when you think there's some numbers, right, that, that and I'm just going to give it to you and I want you just to really think about it because this is how serious it is. And this is how it's almost like, um, I don't know why we're not all screaming from the rooftops about this, right? But depression is the leading cause of disability worldwide. The leading cause, now leading means it's on the forefront. That is depression, right? The second leading cause of death Ages 10, 10, do you get that? 10-year-olds are are considering suicide today. So from ages 10 to 34, this is the second leading cause of death around the world. All right, so I know I might not get a lot of likes, I might not get a lot of hearts tonight, but we're gonna talk about it because this is real talk, real solutions. So I have an amazing friend an amazing expert, uh, an amazing just woman. She is an ambassador, a world civility ambassador. She's an inspiring speaker, trainer, and author. She's from Flint, Michigan. <laughs> uh, she's a proud, I don't know what the word is. Uh, michigan Michi- Yeah, something, she'll tell you. But listen, she serves as an administrative and a medical specialist in the Michigan Army National Guard. She has a bachelor's of science degree in health science from Grand Valley State University, and she is an operations warehouse and distribution professional with 20 years of experience with General Motors. Now, Robin openly shares her experience of living with major clinical depression and failed suicide attempts to free, empower, and restore hope in the place of hopelessness. She equips and she encourages others to tap into their personal power as an overcomer. (laughs) She assists and she guides movement from the place. And that's, I love movement, not being stuck, but movement from the place of just surviving to one of thriving and thriving on to winning the fight and creating the lifestyle that they deserve. She's done some incredible things. I know we're going to have her share these tonight. Ms. Robin Shabrell-Williams, she served on two nonprofit 501c3 boards. Um, and, And the thing about her, she's a speaker. She's a trainer. She has spoken on platforms across the country. Of course, in St. Louis, Missouri, Topeka, Maryland, Detroit, Atlanta. But she's been to London. Dubai, Bahrain, and I've had the pleasure of sharing and training with her in Guyana, South America. So, Robin Shirell, she was one of the co-authors of the "Live Your Best Life: Stories of Triumph." Ah, I was there for that book signing—awesome, awesome. But, but you know, more importantly, you know, she was actually presented with the Susan M. Gibson Messenger of Hope Award, and also the Dr. Estelle Collins Global Inspirational Award that was actually in Guyana 2 years ago. So like I said, she's a world civility ambassador and here's her mission and her heart's desire is to transform the lives of other women and young people through their beyond through through her beyond the roadblocks platform as well as serving as an advocate and a change agent for mental health issues so without further ado i can't wait i can't wait to bring to the screen bring to the stage <laughs> my friend my sister ambassador robin shyrell hey sis
1: hey <laughs> how Thank you doing so this evening i'm good i'm good. Um, excited good? to be here with you excited to be with your audience and uh and let's just get to it. So it's it's a great day. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Jamal said, "You know, y'all, they ain't ready. They
0: ain't ready for this fire tonight." <laughs> thank you, thank you for all of those that are listening. Um, yeah. But but yes, yeah, so here's the thing. You know, of course, I know a bit of your story, but let's just first, um, of course, this month is mental health awareness, and I know that means a lot to you. Um, uh-huh. What does this month mean for you? um, And what is something that, you know, you are passionate about, you know, seeing happen right now during July, 2020, while we are in the midst of a pandemic, inside of a pandemic, inside of a pandemic. (laughs) Tell me what's really on your heart and what what do you wanna just open up and share right now to the audience?
1: So so what this month means to me, (laughs) um, it is Minority Mental Health Awareness Month, but 11 years ago, in July, you know, right before my um, 20th class reunion was my first suicide attempt. Wow. Okay. And um, so July is typically a trigger month for Mm -hmm. me. And um, I found myself, you know, during the month of July where I've either been suffering, you know, and in having a really bad bout of depression, uh, to the point where it's been debilitating. So for me right now, this is about taking that back. Like, I'm taking this month back. And not only do I want to take it back, I want to help others take it back. So, even though I know that it's a trigger month, instead of lying down and taking it and succumbing to the depression and succumbing to those triggers, I decided in 2020, I'm fighting back. <laughs> I love it. And I
0: just happen to be here. You just happen to be right here on the Talk Real Solutions Show with Dr. A, taking it back. Y'all hear that? So wait a minute, but I want to stop. I want to stop because um, you talk about triggers and I'm sure that, you know, you know what that means, right? I'm, lear- I'm learning that really through our relationship and understanding more about um, depression and the things that go on. But what does that really mean? So you, you're saying that that's a trigger month. What Can you just go into that a little bit? What is a trigger? What is a trigger month, trigger time? Certain things that happen could be triggers. Can you can you just expound upon
1: that, if you will? So so for me, um, there are different times a year when um, when I seem to struggle more with, with the depression, a very good friend of mine was murdered in July, many years ago. And there are times where it would just sneak up on me in the past. Like all of a sudden, I, everything would be going along just fine. And then I find myself, I'm sad for no reason. And I didn't understand. I don't, I really didn't know what was happening or why I was feeling a certain way. But I off, I found myself struggling at different times a year where different things, traumatic experiences had happened to me in my life. Those are times when I found that I would be struggling a little bit more to maintain my mental health. And so I've identified those as trigger months. Those are, there's things that have happened during that time. And so it's just like muscle memory, I guess would be the thing that I would equate it to. Um, When you start, when you start exercising and you do the same routine all the time, your muscles start to develop the memory. And so you don't get the same impact. And so that's why they tell you, you know, to increase your reps, to walk a different route, to do something different because your body remembers and it stores up things. Well, traumatic experiences can impact you the same way that your body remembers. And even though it's not a conscious thing you may find that you're suffering around that same time or feeling some type of way that same time of year and so that's what i mean when i refer to it as a trigger
0: okay all right now that's good that's a heavy because you you know just like you said your muscles build up so really mentally right you have these things that are really embedded right in our something i'm sure we'll go back to dr kvb on that one but um this is this this is good this is good so so now the thing is you are a awesome and i have to just say you know we we've traveled together and and, and spoken and and trained and did some amazing things together right yeah but the thing about it is you have this beautiful mind you know, I don't know, like there's something about you, like, you know, guys, I don't know if you know some a person that you like, I just got to run this by them <laughs> because the way that they think about it, you know, is going to give a total different perspective, right? On, on things. And, you know, we, we talk even dealing with COVID, right? Even dealing with being locked in, you know, unable to go out and shop and do all these things. Right. right. Um, And I shared this on one of my broadcasts, like I found myself crying almost every day. Right? right and because of you know the situations inside the situation just dealing with being locked in being afraid or you know having concerns in regards to my health and my children going out myself going out mm-hmm. how to protect myself right so that i know that i i had started to feel this heaviness right if you will that's just the best right. way i could i can explain mm-hmm. it um and i felt really really sad right and so the one thing is um you know this i know we're not alone right and that's why this is why the having this conversation is so so important so even dealing with with covid being down the shutdown right that's where it started right now i know for myself and we talked about this that i'm i'm back in therapy <laughs> myself right simply because i was like this ain't, I ain't doing right. Like I'm not handling this too well. And I know I needed some help. So it was from myself dealing with COVID also Mm -hmm. then of course, dealing with all the racial tension, the racism that really is, you know, plaguing America Mm -hmm. right now that we're dealing with. Right. So what do we think about people that are suffering from Depression and anxiety, right? Um, what are some some things that that come to mind, or some tips that you would give people, or what you're even doing for yourself um, to get through this this tough tough time, tough tough time?
1: Well, like you, I um I made the decision to go back into therapy, um and I and I'll be honest, I struggled with that decision because I felt like this was something that I had conquered. You know, I was, you know, I was, I was flexing on depression. You know, I felt like it was something pretty much that I had control of, that I had within in control. And um, when things started to to happen, you know, especially you know when COVID kicked off, and and I really just hunkered in and was staying in the house. And you were telling me, you know, go out and get some air. And I kept saying that air is not fresh outside. So <laughs> I'm not going out there ain't nothing about that air fresh out there. I'm not going outside. You know. Um, but but what I found was initially. So for me, there's a couple things that happen. One is um, I can't sleep. And, and when when I'm suffering with bouts of depression, I either swing to the one end of that spectrum where I'm up for days at a time. I'm in the insomnia is crazy mm-hmm. or I mean, to the point where it affects my physical health or then I want to sleep all the time. Right. And so I found myself um, wanting to sleep. You know all the time like every time i did something then i felt like i needed to take take a nap i needed to to rest between it because i was just mentally exhausted you know for everything um this is this is <laughs> i can't believe i'm getting ready to share this but this is the this is the ugly one of the ugly pieces of it was it has to do with uh activities of daily living and you know cleaning up cleaning up your apartment cleaning up yourself um well, <laughs> I was FaceTiming with my god sister pretty much every day. And she said to me, she, they called me Pookie and she was like, Pookie, um, you had on that shirt yesterday. And I was like, yes, so what? And she was like, um, you had on that shirt <laughs> the day before yesterday. And, and she looked at me and I could tell she was really concerned. And she asked me, she said, uh, are you okay? She said, do I need to come home? And I was like, what do you need to come home for? She was like, do I need to come and check on you? And I kind of laughed and joked and I said, well, you know, I don't know. You might like I uh I could be dead up in here and it would be days before anybody would even know. And I said it jokingly, but she didn't think it was a joke. She didn't take it, you know, lightly. So one of the things that I know is that when you find yourself not able to function at your normal capacity, you know, everybody knows kind of what you're used to being able to do on a regular basis Uh, activities of daily living cooking cleaning caring for yourself when you start to see those things start to suffer you might want to get or, or if you notice that in somebody else then you that's a reason to be concerned if someone's eating habits all of a sudden change their sleeping patterns change that's a reason to be concerned you could see people where they could go from either losing weight they could either gain weight Uh, They may start to withdraw, um, not even engage with family and friends, things that they normally enjoy doing. If you see people pulling back or they start to discussing, you know, just talking about life where they don't see the point, they don't understand, you know, they don't see the point. They don't know why they should continue on. Then that's a reason to be concerned. So. Um, after a couple of those conversations. And so for me, I have a dream team. I think everybody should establish a dream team. And I, I did my my dream team as part of I, there. I refer to them as my dream team, but they're actually my crisis team. And when I start to feel like the depression is getting too much for me to handle on my own, then I reach out to them. They're people that I trust, uh, people that I know that, that, you know, they really love me and they have my best intentions at heart. So I know they're gonna be honest, they're gonna tell me. And it came up in a conversation as to, well, have you considered going back into therapy? And again, I thought it was something that I had conquered, Um, but I mentioned it to one of my, um, one of my friends and she said to me, well, this isn't normal times. Like you've never lived through a pandemic. You know, you happen to see videos of black men being murdered. You're a black woman that impacts you. This is not normal times. So you should not be concerned or not beat yourself up about not being able to handle something that you've never encountered before. And so it was because of those promptings from family and, you know, and some very trusted friends that I decided, again, the reason why I entered therapy is the first place was because there is no shame in it. It helped me tremendously. So I had to go back to what I know worked for me and that was going back into therapy.
0: Oh, that's a lot dear. I'ma just say, you know, because a lot of it we lived through together, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? We've had these conversations. <laughs> um, so, so let's first talk about the dream team. Right? And because I think that is so important. I think just in general, right? (laughs) You you need to have people around you that you can go to that you can vent to, you can be real, right? Because of course, when you went into work or logged into the computer, we got to put on a face, wow. you know, of course, as a woman, as a mother, you know, I got to put on a face for my children, right? I mean, there's certain things that we have to do just to keep moving, right? But, okay. but we need to have an environment where we can be real, um, a trusted, safe space. So your dream team, what does that consist of? And obviously, I, I'm, I'm assuming you probably would suggest that some folks do have this. So how did you even get to the point of developing a dream team? What What does that look like?
1: so the my dream team was established um years ago after i after the suicide attempts and I was going through a very bad bout of depression again i the doctor had put me off of work and um and I was in counseling with a psychiatrist who had actually he prescribed the meds as well as did his own therapy I was in counseling with him i was in counseling with my pastor and I was in counseling with a a therapist that wasn't, you know, a doctor, just a a therapist, a social worker. And then I had a a life coach. And then I had a couple of trusted friends that were part of my dream team. So these were people who, um, again, like I knew that they had my best interest at heart. And the understanding was that I could honestly tell them how I really felt. I didn't have to put on a mask like i had been i conditioned myself to respond that i was fine even when i was far from fine well the dream team they don't get that answer the dream team they, they get the raw uncut version of what's happening in my life if the suicidal thoughts are starting to come back if the feelings of worthlessness are starting to come back um, if I'm not able to get out of bed, any of those things, my dream team is people that I've identified that I'm supposed to reach out to before it gets to a point where I can't manage it. So my, my dream team consisted of, again, it's consisted of my therapist. It consisted of a life coach. It mm-hmm. consisted of my pastor and then a couple trusted friends. Great. Great. So one key piece was missing when I got out of therapy and that was. Uh, the therapist. Okay. Good,
0: good, good. I, 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 I like that because again, you know, I, I didn't know what that was and, you know, and this sounds like essential, (laughs) you know, to have this a a part of your ongoing health and wellness, right. To have these types of things. So I, I I like that you could just break that down for me. Um, Everybody should
1: have that core circle, that core group of people that you are I mean, ten toes down, a hundred percent honest with, okay. and they can handle it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know, even for us, you know, we, we were going through COVID when it first happened, right? Um, so we were getting through the beginning parts of it and staying healthy. And you was like, "I'm not going out in COVID streets." <laughs> <laughs> and I remember that I said, "You got to get some sun. Like you haven't been outside. Get some That's fresh the- air." I
1: was in my blind. <laughs>
0: And I'm like, that's not it, right? But I have to say, even for me, I remember there was times that I was concerned, you know, because I was like, you know, I knew that, you know, you weren't coming out, you know what I mean? Like I knew I wasn't getting you past those points, you know, of of, of um feeling better or talking or smiling and laughing. Um, so I would say even those that, again, that's why this is this conversation is so important because you it may not be you, but you may have a friend, you may have a family member, right? That you know, when it's gotten too far, you know, and in this time it is so much again, just dealing with COVID, dealing with the pandemic, but being a black woman right now and looking if just watching the George Floyd video alone can literally you're talking about a trigger. Right, um, you're talking about every day the things that we see with the Karens and and you know just it's just so many things right now when we're dealing in this environment in this climate that really really can put us in a funk, right, and trigger and put us set us back, right, in so many ways. And it could even be a new thing because I know for myself it it, it was it was definitely a level of sadness, um, and you know I felt myself you know slipping, if you will, um. So I know that therapy is, is really really key. So. I know that again, this is something that we might not get a lot people, are folks watching and looking, but you know, that we don't necessarily get the responses that we normally get. And it's okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Because this is, these are the hard conversations. These are the, the real conversations that need to be had amongst our community right and 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 you could talk to me a bit you know even prior to your diagnosis and some of your challenges like was this something that was even talked about um and i know i wanted you to tell a little bit about your story specifically maybe i don't even know which attempt it was but i remember when you were actually in church and and this is something where church folks don't necessarily want to talk about uh i know in june i had pastor um Pastor Brian Taylor, and I know he's on now, that you know what, and do pastors talk about this? Do leaders in the church, you know, I I say for myself, I wish that they did more, you know, Mm -hmm. to talk about this and to address this and make sure that the congregation are aware, that parents are aware. Um, But is there anything that you wanna talk about and connect in regards to, you know, (laughs) faith-based? African American, the black church. How do we deal with suicide, suicide prevention, mental health? What what are some tips or any 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 advice that you want to give? Or again, about your story, wherever you want to go with that.
1: <laughs> um, so actually both of my attempts were linked to church. The mm-hmm. first one, um, I made the decision sitting in church on a Sunday morning that uh that I was done. And I think about um the people that I passed that Sunday morning and that, you know, that spoke and they, uh, and they said, how are you doing? You know, and I I gave them this, I mean, with a big smile, I'm fine, you know, and kind of kept going. And as I was walking out of service that Sunday, I knew I was going home to. At that, I mean, my intent when I left was to end the pain um, because I can't really say, that I wanted to die. What I really wanted was the pain to stop. And I couldn't see another way to stop the pain other than taking my life.
0: Right. So what I
1: really wanted was the pain to stop. And I made that decision. And so I, I went home um, and then, and that's where the first attempt happened after church. The second attempt happened uh, in church. I was sitting in, I was ushering, I was sitting in the back of the church um I grew up in church and one of the things you know we I, we didn't walk during church I walked outside to my car got the pills poured the pills in my hand walked back in stopped at the water fountain took the handful of pills went back and sat down in my position you know because I I wasn't on the floor usher and I was sitting in the back and I left church that Sunday in an ambulance um on my way back to the, uh, you know, back to, back to the hospital for the second suicide attempt within six months. Um, That is when a friend between the two attempts, one of my girlfriends had given me a card for a therapist. And when I got to the emergency room, you know, I told them, I was like, I already have somebody. And, you know, so I gave them, I gave them the card and it it kind of, um, it kind of kicked off with, with it from there. But so I kind of made it through that. I spent some time uh off I spent some time in therapy um and then I went back to work well uh, this was maybe two years after the first attempt, and I was at work, and I decided at work that yeah, I was done. so I walked off my good job with the intent of of um driving my car into an embankment to kill myself and um the person that I was working for was kind of a mentor to me and she knew kind of my mental health history. I knew that I had some challenges. And so she actually had the information to call my psychiatrist. And so she called him and he, um, you know, came, I ended up speaking with him or whatever. Well, when I, when I left my job that day, I reached out to my pastor as I was driving, I was working about 40 minutes from where I live and as I was driving back up the um up the expressway I reached out to my pastor and he told me not to go ho- not to go home he told me to come to the church and so I went directly to I came went directly to our church and <laughs> instead of allowing me to go home every day and and stay or just stay at home every day he made me come up to the church And work and there were many days that I just went up there and I sat and I cried and I just sat. I just I just sat there But the deal was that I could not stay in the house and that office staff my office staff I go to New Jerusalem full gospel in Flint and the office staff. They were so supportive They were so great and they were really encouraging and they and they just really kind of looked out for me and just kept me um, in their arms while I was at the church And so I started counseling with my pastor at that session and at that time. And he asked me if I was seeing a therapist and I told him I was, and I told him who the therapist was and he, and he was familiar with her and he asked with my permission, would I be open to them doing some joint counseling? Now, one of the things that I say is key is he did not tell me to just go home and pray. He said to me, that god has equipped those mental health professionals he has gifted them he has gifted them with the ability to be able to help in those types of situations and he asked would it be okay if they partnered and helped doing some therapy with me together and so that was a period i mean at, at that time i was in therapy with the pastor separately. I was in therapy with a therapist. I did a joint session with the pastor and the therapist. And then I did a session with the psychiatrist. So I was pretty much in therapy some weeks, five days, and then other weeks, four days. Wow. But it was, it was key. And I think, and one of the things um, he's actually brought We have mental health professionals that work in our church Mm -hmm. and they're a part of his team. So if someone is suffering, then he has licensed professionals that he can help refer people to to make sure that they get the professional support that they need. So he can do the spiritual counseling and but they can get the mental help, the mental health help from the mental health professionals that they need to get them on the right track and to provide them with the services and things. So.
0: Whoa, 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 I mean, th- th- and this is, and I, again, I see this is Pastor Brian Taylor and, you know, and, and he's hearing your story. Um, you know, you, I hope you saw some of the responses Absolutely. and that is so po- important, you know, because again, we go pray about it <laughs> fast and pray. Um, ma'am, <laughs> you need a professional <laughs> sir ma'am if you are not a licensed clinical professional even as a pastor apostle prophet i'm just saying right we need to make sure that we are make you know making sure our people are getting the help right, right? and getting right. the clinical uh help that they need and they deserve right and and that is so key so i know i applaud you know your pastor the leadership and it takes all that you know like some people they don't it don't take all that this is real talk this is a real conversation with someone who successful professional expert um you know from the outside would look like you have it all together right
1: in the church. Oh that's exactly. Oh you don't know how many times I've heard that what do you have to be depressed about you have a good job you you mean you got a good career, you have this, you have that, you have family, you have friends. And every time I heard it, it made me feel worse because really what that did was it made me hold up this uh, illness against my faith. Mm. It made me feel like that. I, know, wait
0: a minute, I, wait, wait, wait a wait. minute, wait a minute. You said that quick, wait, 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 <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so when they, it made you hold your illness, against mm-hmm. your faith. Like if you had enough faith, if I you had wouldn't enough have faith, the illness. Then is, I wouldn't be
1: depressed. That's mm-hmm. a, that's exactly how it made me feel. If I had enough faith, it made me feel that I didn't love God enough. I didn't believe enough. I didn't have um, enough faith. If I had enough faith, then I wouldn't be experiencing this. I wouldn't be depressed. And now I know, and now I am, uh, you know, we're very quick to tell people it's not a question of faith at all. Yes, you're supposed to look at the things. So, so um, I would instead of saying I shouldn't be depressed because I have this, I shouldn't be depressed because you know that. Because in doing that, then that's talking negatively about myself. Like I'm making myself feel worse. Right. You know, it's not about gratitude. It's not about um, being being grateful for all of the blessings and things that I've that I've been provided. Mm -hmm. I focus on my blessings or I focus on the things, you know, from a place of gratitude to not to take the focus off of me. But I don't do it in the context of I shouldn't feel this way because of this. So it has absolutely nothing to do with faith at all. The faith comes in believing whether or not God can sustain me in it.
0: Mm, That's good. That's good. The faith comes with believing that God will sustain you in it, like get you through it. Right. And and that's what I love. You know, your movement beyond the roadblocks. Right. Because you can move beyond them. That roadblocks ain't going nowhere. Like I'm saying, these are things that I got to deal with. These are the things that I suffer from. These are the issues that have happened to me, but I'm moving beyond them. That that's absolutely absolutely incredible and i don't know if you're seeing some of the comments you know as they're going but i just want people to get that that you were in church serving ushering look you know i mean you know so this happens folks and you are not the anomaly one in 5 adults right so this is where this Look is down your row <laughs> the next time. Thank you. Come on. Off. So <laughs> how many people sitting next to you? Like get that. Sis, right? You know what I mean? Like we have to really make sure people get that tonight. One <laughs> in five. Family, <laughs> friends, uh, co-workers. Law, yeah, we're yeah. working with some co-workers that got you know. <laughs> right? Like yes. this is, is reality. And it's not even to make light of it, but it's real talk, right? Guys, we have to really let's have be easy with it. Like, I'm good with having this conversation with you. You know what I mean? Like, we, and I know it takes time to get to that place, right? But, but we, we just need to be free just the same way. We could talk about diabetes. We could talk about cancer. We can talk about sickle cell anemia, which affects black, you know, at a higher rate. We can talk about these things, man. We need to be just as comfortable, just as uh regularly, right? That we highlight and we talk about mental health right we talk about these things that are happening every day 1 in 5 1 yeah. in 5 that's huge that's huge so
1: because us denying it us not talking about it is not making it go away and all we're doing is we're we're making our family and friends suffer in silence mm. and and we want to you know my one of the main things is we want to get rid of that stigma we want to destroy the stigma you know starting today we don't want any of our family or friends amen. suffering in silence amen there's too many people out here gifted in the field gifted to help yes. gifted in that in that mental as a mental health professional yeah
0: yeah that that that's so so key um that you don't have to suffer in silence not right, that, that we can be open and honest, we could talk about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Since you suffering, you know what I'm saying, it's getting too heavy for you, you know. Do you, uh, how, you know? And, and the funny thing is, like you said, it, how many times, how you doing? I'm fine, <laughs> you know, like you were saying it literally I'm on that day.
1: Programmed to say it, the, I, I, and and you know, to be honest, um, I'm still here because <clears throat> there was a gentleman at work. A director. And he asked me how I was doing. And I gave the same, I gave the same answer that I give everybody else. And he kept walking and he stopped and he mm-hmm. came back. And he said, No, how are you really? Mm-hmm. And he was looking at me and he it, it was like he was hearing the words that was coming out of my mouth, but he was also hearing what I wasn't saying. Mm-hmm. And so he asked me to come in his office. And then he was like, "Okay, oh, he closed the door and he was like, okay, really? How are you? He was like, I'm sensing that you're not okay. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell you, I had, I was like, the third time is going to be the charm. I had, I was starting to put my affairs in order. And at this point, when I tell you, I probably was smiling harder than I ever smiled in life because I knew it was, I knew the pain and the suffering was coming to an end, but because he listened, a little bit different because he came back and asked the question and said you know well well really you know how are you well how are you with this Mm -hmm. and you know well, how are you feeling Mm -hmm. and because he kept asking questions he eventually got an answer that i really wasn't okay and so he asked me he said well will you do me a favor Sure. I'll do you a favor. Of course you would. Absolutely. You know, I'm a, I'm a giver. I got to give her heart. Yeah. Absolutely, I'll do you a favor. He said, will you go see this doctor? <laughs> mm. And I was like, yeah, I'll go see the doctor. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so he walked away and you know, he came back the next day and he said, well, I'm a little disappointed. He said, I thought you said you were going to go see the doctor. And I said, well, I did. I said, well, I thought you were going to come back with some information. And he was like, oh, you'll go. I was like, yeah, you asked me, I'll go. And so he left. Now, this is at work. So he left. He went into his office and within five minutes he came flying around to my desk and he had papers in his hand. And the papers were a MapQuest printout. And he said, I made an appointment for you. They know that it's going to take you 40 to 45 minutes to get there, but they're waiting on you. He said, leave now. Don't worry. But he said, I'll let your manager know. I just need you to get on the road and head down to the appointment. And that was the first appointment that I had with the psychiatrist. But that appointment saved my life in that moment because I was putting my affairs in order. I had made a decision and I was out of here. And I was out of here and I was so comfortable with that decision. I I had everything all worked out. But because he stopped me in that moment and made me go to see that doctor on that particular day, that is what put me on the road to coming back to being okay.
0: My God, my God. And so, and and even with you just even sharing that, I think it's so important, even for all of our listeners, um, you know, because we get the, I'm fine everybody good, right? We just walk away. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like in this time and in this season, it's so important for us to be more sensitive. Our level of discernment needs to be way up, right? Because right, right. I don't know how most folks on a best day is fine right now.
1: Right now. <laughs> right? So, people of uh, color.
0: <laughs> okay. I mean, let's Especially
1: just be clear. And someone put in the comments, they said chemical imbalances are a contributing factor as well. And that is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. That's that's absolutely a part of it. And again, I mean, you liken it to a physical illness. You would not for one minute think yes. twice about getting help for high blood pressure. Yes. A chemical imbalance is an absolutely real thing. And it, it can there's nothing that there that doesn't have to be anything situational, it could just be your brain chemistry. And they have things, they have medication, they have drugs that can help you figure out that chemical imbalance and put you on the road to put you on the road to mental wellness.
0: Yeah. So you see, Tammy, she's saying the biggest step is really confiding in someone. Um, and, and do you want to speak to that? Like how how did you develop. Trust and even you're saying about this gentleman, like you know, he had to really say, "Nah, come come in the office, <laughs> like we we think, need to
1: talk." <laughs> I think it was divine intervention from a standpoint because he was a director. I mean, so he was several levels above me at work, um, but a black man, a Christian man, and I think. I, I all I can say is that in his spirit he felt that the answer that I gave him when I said it was okay that I was okay that I was not okay and I really wasn't you know and so it is you when you talked about that spirit of discernment that that absolutely is is key in some in some situations and people that you know you're dealing with where you have those different relationships if in your gut you feel like the the words I call it verbal masking that the words that they're telling you don't match how they really feel. If you sense that something is off, then you definitely want to ask different questions and you want to stay engaged with that person.
0: That's good. That's good. So I hope you guys are are getting that. And she just touched on it. We're going to go into, you know, uh, your programs and the things that you're doing and you're starting to help uh, people all around the world, if you will. But, you know, for you guys, all of us that are watching, that are listening, you know, like I said, in this day and time right now, 2020, July, what's the date? I don't even know, 8th, you know, (laughs) what (laughs) day I think it's the
1: 8th, yeah. July 8th. 8th. Right.
0: I, I, I really am imploring you all, like let's all, you know, when we're talking about, of course, civility and community, right? It's time for us to level up our level of discernment, right? Yeah. Our level of concern for one another, right? In this time, because we know, we know, we know these are some challenging times, guys. We are in times, like you said, we've never seen before. When just watching a good 10 minutes of the news will have you... Ready, you know, (laughs) right? So it's so important. Um, for us to look out for one another it's time more than ever civility and community go hand in hand we need to really check in with one another you know pick up on how you doing and like you said a real how you doing how you really doing um, is is, is certainly certainly key but let's talk about you and the beyond the roadblocks and you just touched on one key that I know um, is is the the verbal masking Mm -hmm. Um, and that's your own term you have your own initiative Uh, you you know, and I've seen you in action. Um, I've seen you talk. We all get, you know, we've been in a part of our teams <laughs> with black belt speakers. We've traveled the world. We've spoken to youth. We've spoken to adults. And I've seen people connect with you on a level that's unbelievable. I've seen girls come up. I've seen youth come up crying to you because your story is their story. They've never heard anyone speak on this that looks like you, that talks and walks like you. So I know how powerful your story and testimony is. And again, I thank you so much for your courage your transparency uh you know to come even today and share with real talk real solutions so guys if you're watching uh you know we all vow you know what that we're gonna take up uh, step it up when it comes to checking on one another being civil and being a community that cares for one another especially now even with mental illness right so sis, let's give some tips i want you to talk about beyond the roadblocks what that's about. Let's talk a bit about your initiative and the things that you have going moving forward Um, because God has brought you. Listen, you are here today on purpose. You are powerful and um, I can't wait for the next. So let's talk about the next. Let's talk about the next.
1: Okay. So in going through the whole process, um, God gave me this fight system and the fight system has served me uh, well. And it's something that I use when I think about um, when I have to face my mental health challenges or when I'm, when I'm facing about a of depression and even just on a day-to-day basis. And so one of the things that I'm working on is to, um, uh, continue in building out and developing my initiative and this program and sharing my fight system to help people all over the world face and overcome mental, um, uh, mental challenges. And so do you want me to go into the fight system or how do you want
0: Whichever, if you <laughs> want to talk about your initiative, I, I mean, we we got we got a good ten minutes or so. So please, if you want to at least give some s- tips and strategies, yours. So if it's the fight system you want to share, please yeah. do that. What what have you? It's, okay, it's
1: so I, want, I want to share. I would like to share the fight system with the uh, with the listeners. And the F in my fight system is to focus on the desired outcome is to focus on what it is you want out, of, want out of life. And so it could be a just a particular dream, a goal, something that you want to do, something that you want to uh, manifest in your life. So you wanna focus on, on that. So when you feel like, um, when you're in that place or you're starting to feel bad or the depression is starting to take over, you find yourself maybe slipping into a place of hopelessness that desired outcome is something that you can use that you want to shift your focus instead of thinking about what's wrong instead of thinking about what you may feel like you don't have you want to focus on where you want to be so instead of being uh, stuck in the place of where i am i want to look forward i want to shift my focus i want to shift my thinking to what it is that i desire in life so you want to focus on the desired outcome and then the i in the fight system is to invest positively in you well how do you invest in you you want to invest your time you want to invest your resources um, into things that are going to uh propel you and move you forward so invest in a therapist invest in a psychiatrist invest in building your own dream team and and the other thing that you want to invest is in your mind You want to be feeding your mind positive things. And and this, the last part of the I goes right into the G and that's guarding your gates. And so it's that this is about your mental diet. What are you feeding your mind? And so when I talk about guarding your gates, I'm talking about what are you looking at? What are you listening to? And what are you speaking? If you're watching negative programming, if you're watching the news, if you're if you're constantly feeding your mind negative things, if you're not. Looking at and listening to the things that are positive, things that are edifying, things that are encouraging, then you're feeding your mental your your mental diet is causing your mental health to be deficient. So you want to guard your gates. So when I talk about investing and guarding your gates, those two kind of go hand hand in hand. You want to make sure that you're reading something positive, that you're listening to positive things, and that what you're what's coming out of your mouth is positive because. We know the Bible says the power of death and life are in your tongue. So what we speak, it absolutely impacts how we feel and how we move forward. And then the H in the fight system is to help somebody else. No matter how bad our situation is, there's always somebody that needs something. Um, And when you focus on helping somebody else, then it puts you back into a place of gratitude. It takes your focus off of you and off of your situation and it builds you up. It makes you feel better about who you are as a person because you you can find your value. You help, it helps you to see your value when you're providing something to somebody else. And then the last part of it uh, is the T and that's to trust the process. Uh, I believe in God, so I can't, there is, I don't have a story without it. So I have to say, and the word says, all things work together for the good of them who love the Lord, for those that are called according to his purpose. And when it says all things, that means just that. All things. So that means the depression. That means the anxiety. That means that sexual assault that happened. That means when you were violated as a child or you were a victim of date rape in college, you find yourself in a position of financial hardship. All things work together for the good of them who love the Lord. And so that's all things. And so you have to trust that process. You have to trust that God is going to do exactly what he said. would do in his word and so that's the fight system and so this this the last thing that doesn't quite i didn't have it when i was given the fight system but um dr jenna dyson williams she was the first person that i saw in social media years ago that openly spoke about mental health and one of the things that dr jenna has told me is that i have to move every day And so that's the other piece of it is you have to find a way to move your body every day. You have to find a way 30 minutes a day. And if you have to start at five minutes and build up to 10 minutes and go up to 15 minutes to get to the 30 minutes, moving your body every day absolutely will help with your mental health. So focus on the desired outcome, invest in you, guard your gates, help someone else and trust the process.
0: did y'all get that did y'all get all of that <laughs> i love the fight system I, I love the fight system i thank everyone that were able to put that up in the feed um thank you so much uh for for echoing that so focus and best guard help and trust and you got an added bonus was move get the moving get to moving <laughs> get to moving. if it's five minutes if it's ten minutes you know work yourself work your way up you know gradual increments if you will this is yes. really really incredible and and i love this system i love you know what you're what you're building um because i know that that verbal masking we all do it um i i know you know the training and the things that you have coming out of this um, it, it is going to be incredible. So one last thing, can you talk about the beyond the roadblocks and what that 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 whole uh, the following program conference, what's really just behind that? Because we know there's more to come from you. And, and I'm just excited because, again, three suicide t- attempts, guys. One in five adults that we know are, are suffering right now. And that probably was pre-pandemic. Since it's probably like one in three at this point. I don't know. Don't quote me, guys. But you know, because statistics are, you know, usually three to five years away, right? So they yeah. don't even know the effects of this pandemic and what is, you know, how how we and especially us as black people, you know, what our numbers and counts are. So we have no idea. But um, let's talk about Beyond the Roblox real quick. Um, and what's next for you, Ambassador Robin Shirell. Talk to him.
1: So what's next? Um, well, I've already held two women's empowerment events. And and really it's all about uh highlighting, well, openly sharing the message. Um, he said somebody said, Can I preach? That? I still want to preach it. <laughs> <laughs> um, beyond the roadblocks is is basically knowing and understanding that we're going to face challenges in life. But just like when, when you come across a road. Uh, when you're driving down the street and you come across the roadblock, you don't stop, get out your car and just throw up your hands and give up. Right. And that's what we're supposed to do. You find an alternate route and you, you change direction, you redirect, but you keep going on until you get to your final destination. And so beyond the roadblocks is a system that I'm putting in place just to help people do that. We know one thing that I, I mean, you can be certain on that you're going to face challenges in life but we are resilient. We were born resilient. We're overcomers by nature, but a lot of times we forget who we are. And so beyond the roadblock beyond the roadblocks is simply guiding people back to who they are by nature and giving them a system and tools to deal with the challenges and things that we face in life. So instead of going and hiding as those things happen, we're facing them head on. Because we know that we're going to overcome them. The fight is fixed, guys. It's a fixed fight. The fight is fixed. You win. The only way that you cannot win is if you don't fight, is if you don't get in the fight. That's the only way that you can be defeated. You know, I'm going to jump you- in here. The fight is fixed. <laughs> <laughs> come on. Come on. The only way you lose is if you don't fight. The only way don't you lose you- is fixed. It was <laughs> no. Yes, it's fixed. The only way that you lose is if you don't oh. show up, if you don't show up for you, if you don't get in the fight, that's the only way that you can lose is if you refuse to fight. And I spent many of my year, many years of my life doing that. So we're not going to we're not going to do that anymore. So it's not enough just for me to come back and to fight from this thing. I have to take other people with me. I have to go into that dark place, grab somebody by the hand and show them the way out of it. And so that's what Beyond the Roblox is all about. And so we'll do that through trainings, through conferences, um, through personal coaching, uh, whatever it is to help guide that person back to put the tools and the systems in place for them to win the fight of life. That's Amen. Beyond
0: the Roadblocks amen amen powerful powerful stuff guys I, again if you haven't shared this video i implore you to share this video if not you we already know one in five one okay and five. so one in five of the folks you know again are suffering um yeah. in silence so please share like and comment keep this going tonight um we just thank you so much uh you know for you Sharon, um, for your willingness for your yes uh for <laughs> For you answering the call, um, for being so honest and and, and true and transparent, um, and your desire to help others. It is so key. And 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 I know that tonight we did just that. So I wanna just thank you um, for sharing. I wanna uh let me just see. Yes, Tammy says she shared. Thank you all. Yes, she can said no one left.
1: Can I just so if there is somebody out there and you're you come across this video and you're feeling like you just want the pain to stop and you're in that place where you're contemplating suicide, please reach out. Please reach out. You can reach out to that suicide, call that suicide prevention line. I'm, I'm telling you, life gets better. It, it will get better. There are people that are, again, they are gifted in that area to, to help you through that dark place. Please do not make a permanent decision in that temporary moment that will cause you to lose to, to lose your life, to die by suicide. So if you're thinking, if you if you're having suicidal thoughts, if you're just not feeling like you can take it, if you're coming from a place of hopelessness, I I, I beg you to call that suicide prevention hotline. The number is one 800 273 8255 Please reach out and get help. And and that's I just wanted to to make sure that we didn't we didn't right. leave without saying cuz somebody may be Absolutely. in that balance right now for sure.
0: For sure. So the number is there. Um, It's it's on the bottom of the screen. Please call. You can connect with us if you need to, however you need to. You know, I know, um, you know, from Facebook, what have you, have our website. Um, We we just thank you again for tonight. Um, And thank you for listening to this episode of Real Talk, Real Solutions. I am Dr. Anana. Continue to be bold, be you, and be blessed. Have a good night. Good night.